Welcome to episode number 28 of The Thermal. I'm your host, Harry Tenkate. In this episode of The Thermal, Katrin Senna and what it was like to fly in the recent Gliding Grand Prix final in France, where she placed fourth. And a feature interview with Chisela Weinreich. She's an accomplished competition glider pilot, role model for women in aviation, and now the recipient of the prestigious FAI Lilienthal Award. That's all on episode number 28 of The Thermal, the all-women, all-German glider pilot edition. summer, Katrin Senna was on the podcast to talk about flying in the qualifying round of the Gliding Grand Prix in Italy. Katrin did very well, but not quite good enough to move on to the finals. But other pilots dropped out, and a spot opened up for Katrin to join the fun in France, where she placed fourth, just shy of a podium spot. I've reached Katrin at her home in Edlingen, Germany. Hello, Katrin. Uh, the last time we spoke, you were hoping for an invite to the Grand Prix. The final, and now you finished fourth. What a fantastic accomplishment! Congratulations. Thank you, Harry. That's very nice of you. Thanks a lot. Yeah. But it was. It really is a. a you know, you must be very proud of yourself. Yeah, I, the invitation to come to the finals in Saint-Avant only got to me when I was flying the international competition in Rieti in Italy in August. And I think I just popped in because uh, a Russian pilot couldn't come because he had COVID and the other pilot, he also had an issue, a French pilot, and he couldn't make it. So I think they just, they just asked me if I could have time in two weeks to come to, to Saint-Bas. So it was a, a lucky occasion, really, to fly there. And then, of course, almost ending up on the podium, I didn't expect that. So it was really a super nice week for me, yes. Oh. Absolutely, and uh, yeah, I, finishing in the in the top of the pack the way you did as well. I I was watching it here in Canada uh, on some of those live races, and it was just thrilling to watch. Yeah, they, they did an awesome job. So both teams they were they were broadcasting on two channels simultaneously. So it was a French channel which was um, commented by old. And from Eric Napoleon, mm -hmm. they did it only in French. And yeah, Brian Strackley and Benjamin Neglet, they did the English channel. And I got a lot of comments from home or from people watching it. And they say, it's so, it's so thrilling. And uh, you really keep us from working in Europe. So it's <laughs> hard. I have to work at night. And then when I was driving home, I, I, I also... Um, watched the complete stream of Brian and Benjamin from race number six. And I must admit, it was really, it was really very interesting. And how the way they did it, I think it was so entertaining on the one side, but also um, educating. So it yeah. was, so you could really learn a lot about the region, the, 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 um, the way how to fly down there and all the mountains and the weather systems and tactics, of course. So they, I think so they did an awesome job. Let's talk about that. Tell me a little bit about the geography of the race area and what your strategy was. Um, my strategy, I must admit, I have been flying there in my youth. So 
when I was in the junior national team. So we had some training camps that was in the early 90s. And then I only flew in two years ago with Matthias Schunk, who is an expert down there in the mountains. And I had the chance to fly with him in a, in a double seater. Mm -hmm. But other than that, I haven't been flying so much. I haven't been flying between down there in the, in the Alps. Um, of course, I did some I did preparation and looked at the at the ways and the mountains again, but you, you must know that the the Grand Prix flying is, I think, never more than 350 kilometers because they want to have short races, so the sure, range. Sure, so people will, can follow online. Yeah, exactly, and that it doesn't get too tiring and too long, and therefore the the area where we were flying was uh, was not so far into the very high mountains, mm -hmm. so it was not as complex as it could be flying down there, which is I think around Pic de Bure that was the, the most northern point which we went, um, and to the south it was Vino about, and then we were doing zigzag west to east and east to west, and yeah. But it was was really challenging and nice. So what what made it challenging for you? What made you work hard? Um, work hard. Uh, we had actually we had uh, five days very good weather. So it was uh, all days. We had really good uh, thermal conditions. Uh, one day was with the with a. Two days were with wind where we really could could use the the ridges when the task was um, going along the ridges. So we really did rich uh, runs, very fast ones also. But then, as the as Brian also explained, he avoided to put us on the on the well frequented um, racing racing routes just to avoid too much traffic by the other pilots who are in that period of the year also down there to do just uh, recreational flights to be to be less interfering with them sure safety uh, safety reasons yes and that's why he said he also um uh, send us then from west to east and east to west which is normally not the the fast ridge running um, courses or tracks and that was then challenging to hop from one system to another so these were some key points where where there were some um, tactical um, decisions to make. Mm -hmm. And that was on some days quite challenging, I think, which route to take and where to cross and which height you need to have to in order to make it to the next, to the next good uh, thermal spot. Now, when you're flying in this contest, do you know what your position is as you're flying? Mm. As I do zoom in... In my LX, so I'm flying with the LX9070, and I have the flam, power flam, of course, um, integrated in it. And if I run along the ridges, I must admit I'd zoom in quite quite big in the in the map in order to see who's coming against me, so I have to, to have the flam radar warning, mm -hmm. and then also who is behind me or who is below me, and you know just to make sure if you push hard forward that you don't hit anybody who's in your in your neighborhood or in your vicinity and therefore I didn't always know where the others were and also on the last day the last 20 kilometers they were so challenging I didn't know who is still coming or who is still in the race or who has outlanded already <laughs> so no, because you're, you're not allowed to use any external aid or you don't have a, a partner with where you can talk to on the radio this is all uh, this is all not allowed 
So I didn't know exactly who is where. No, you're not, yeah, because you're not coached by the ground like you you are when you're flying a world championship, for instance. Right. Now, does that make it more of a more of a real race for you? I think the 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 Grand Prix. The Grand Prix is completely different than a normal competition, but I think it's um, because we do the regatta start, and that's why it is from I think it's from the first minute on it's a real race. Mm -hmm. That is a major difference, and I must admit it's quite fun to do that to do the regatta start with with all the other nineteen gliders. It is really super nice. Yeah. If because of course you know exactly if you are leading or not, or if you can slow down now because ten are already in the points and you are coming in for position twelve or thirteen or something and you don't get any points at that day, if you know who's in front of you. Mm -hmm. But if you you could have seen the last day, so it was Mario who who just missed. Or, he did. He did on the second leg. He was not able to catch up with the, with the first with the first gaggle, and he didn't manage to take the last two turn points. So he was making making an out landing, and I don't know if Sebastian Cava knew that at the time that he also has already made an out landing. And then on the last ten kilometers, Sebastian Cava was also caught by the rain, and he couldn't make it home and was getting zero points. So. It shows you that you never should stop fighting until the end, until the last, very last kilometer. Because if Mari would have just come home on that day with a few points or with one point, then he would have make it, made it and be the world champion. So never right. give up. Right. Also not in Grand Prix flying. Never give up. Right. <laughs> now, if I remember, this is your second Grand Prix, right? Yeah. I only did the qualifying one in Varese earlier uh, this year. You did so well. Are, are you planning on competing in future Grand Prix? Um, I, I think so, yes, because it was <laughs> really so great fun. And also the camaraderie of all the pilots participating there. It was just such a nice group of people because we you only are 20 people. And with, with the crews, that's included, so, so 50 people. And uh, you're very close with those few people. And also the evenings, we all sat together. And most of the evenings, we had dinner together. So it's it's very um, close and nice also to, to meet new people, to make friends, of course, and uh -huh. to and to to learn from the others. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, now, your, your glider, is it still living up to expectations? Yeah, I... Uh, so this uh, this was the one of the yeah not the first one but I think the third competition where all the the three um, three gliders of the new generation 18 meter glass uh, gliders were competing to each other so it was the Ventus three and the AS thirty three and the JS three the three family mm -hmm. and uh, I think they're all pretty much the same. Well, so I should re remind so listeners that you're flying the JS three of course. I'm flying the J3, yeah, but I must say I'm really, really still very happy with the performance of that glider, and I think they are all pretty much the same. But uh, what you must know, we were all flying at a 48 wing loading, and of course the Ventus 3 has a slightly bigger wing, and I think the Ventus 3 pilots they were flying with 40 kilograms more weight compared to the 33 or the JS3, so. 
I don't know if it's really, really hundred percent comparable. The gliders like this mm-hmm, mm-hmm. only stick to the max to the maximum forty eight wing loading. Right, right. Maybe 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 the authorities or the the self incomplete people should think about how to even that up a bit. That up a bit in the future. Maybe they need all need to fly JS threes. <laughs> <laughs> you cannot do that. No, 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 no. To have competitors is uh, enriching the gliding. Yeah. So you shouldn't restrict it to to that kind of stuff. Now, Catherine, late, later in the podcast, I'm speaking with Gisela Weinreich, uh, a real pioneer for women uh, in gliding, especially in Germany. Yes. I'm yes. getting the feeling that you're really following in her footsteps. Ah, listen, I'm also still, still, um, yeah, one of the older, getting older pilots. But of course, Gisela Weinreich, she was my 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 idol or my my hero when I was a young pilot. So she had. I think five European titles in her career and she is still very active and a very good glider pilot and a very experienced one. Yeah. Good. Well, she'll, she'll be on the show a little bit later. That's um, nice. Katrin, again, always wonderful to speak with you. And it, again, as well, it was just so lovely to watch you do so well in this contest. So congratulations again. Thank you, Harry. Always nice to be in your show. <laughs> good. I'm following We will speak to you again soon. Take care. Okay, bye. Bye. Katrin Senna spoke to me from Edlina, Germany. The Thermal Podcast is proud to promote Proving Grounds, an automated task scoring platform designed to safely turn novice glider pilots into cross-country soaring pilots. Proving Grounds is now in use in Canada, Europe, and the United States. And the Soaring Society of America now joins the Soaring Association of Canada by providing support for gliding clubs who want to implement this fabulous cross-country motivational tool. Check out episode 15 of The Thermal, where co-founder Patrick McMahon talks about proving grounds and how it works. For more information, go to their website, which is soaringtasks, all one word, dot com. That's soaringtasks.com. Proving Grounds is especially a hit among novice pilots who want to learn how to safely fly beyond gliding distances of the club. Gisela Weinreich has been involved with gliding for decades, and in her home country of Germany, she's seen as a role model for women in aviation, and in particular gliding. For many years, she flew at the international level in competitions around the world, where she took home several gold medal wins. And in 1990, she set the German women's record in the 15-meter class flying a 750-kilometer FAI triangle. In recognition of her outstanding achievements as a glider pilot and her dedication to promoting female participation in the sport, Gisela Weinreich has been awarded the 2020 FAI Lilienthal Gliding Medal. I reached Gisela at her home in Eschborn, Germany. Gisela, first of all, congratulations. This is a, a very prestigious award. It's, it's recognition of all the work you've done over the years. It's wonderful. Yeah, thank you very much. Now, you've worked tirelessly over your gliding career to promote women in the sport. How are we today compared to when you first started in, in the 1960s? Oh, yes, I think uh, it's much uh, better, better developed and better supported by uh, the um, sport um, 
a federation, for instance, by the IGC and also uh, a lot of national aero clubs uh, support the female competition or the sport of um, female uh, in aviation. And um, that was not in the 60s. Mm -hmm. Not what was to it? compare. What was it like in the 1960s? You were a young woman at the time. It was a male, still is a male-dominated sport, but it must have been even more difficult then. What was it like? Mm, yeah, as, uh, I have to say that when I started, 68, um, I was in a club, um, and uh, all my club members, uh, they didn't make me feel that it is different when uh, a woman is a glider pilot. So the skills and so on, uh, they didn't make me feel that I'm different. So I never thought about this. Um, um, am I enough supported or am I um, accepted or something like this? No, um, uh, gliding, I, I wanted to start uh, to begin the sport and to to um, advance in in my skills and uh, I had a good uh, role. Um, in, uh, how do you say um, Ro role models? Uh, role model. Yeah, I had um, a role model in my first club, young uh, pilots, and they started to. Uh, begin to fly competition for the first time and I um, yeah and I then uh, thought oh it's a good idea and um, I will try this for me and I got an invitation in for um, uh, competition in Germany 75 uh, for the first time um, also, female pilots were invited to compete, and they competed with the men together, the mm -hmm. German national in club class. And only uh, the scores uh, were different, uh, were separated. And of course, it it uh, was nice to be number five in the ranking instead of number um, how many pilots we had fifty in the club class instead of number forty eight or so. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. Yeah, and then um, the IGC decided um, that. Um, uh, they should. Uh, we should have also um, a female competition um, in uh, international competition um, because, um, yeah, in the world championships uh, in the entries, you you couldn't find any female glider pilots right. uh, in the 60s, 70s, 80s because. Uh, there are glider pilots and they flew also in their country. Sometimes some of them flew competition, but uh, you never found them in the entries of world championships. And so um, for the point of view of public, I think uh, you could think uh, the sport is a sport for men only. But um, yeah, it, it is not. But the number or the percentage of Com uh, competitor or female pilots um, 
in the 60s um, were very low and um, that increased now but not so much that you uh, that um, uh, you thought it could uh, Mm -hmm. increase at such a long time so uh, 60s and now 2020 uh, that is a bit uh, uh, remains a drop of bitterness i think that uh, 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 um, the skills are of course much better than 40 years ago uh, and the competitive skills of the woman very good nowadays and they are in uh, competition with the men, also the top, the top female pilots, uh, in eye level with other pilots. So, but um, what is a drop of bitterness is that the number of competing pilots in the world, in uh, yeah, is still low. Now, you're a champion pilot. You've flown in so many contests uh, over the decades, women's world gliding championships. Um, do you still think it's necessary to have a separate men's and women's competition? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I I think it is a good idea. And it um, the aim or uh, the idea was after a while when we have uh, so much experience and skills that uh, we can stop with female competitions and can uh, then join um, the or yeah the general mm -hmm. and uh, can compete with the men together in in general um, but i think for the uh, for most countries uh, is it uh, this is a good idea to have a female competition because this is an opening for uh, a greater base of female pilots so um, when for for the german nationals for instance you have to be qualified for the nationals and you have to be under the yeah the in the ranking uh, mm -hmm. number mm -hmm. three or four uh, or 50 pilots and uh, to um, yeah uh, to enter the German uh, nationals or even uh, more restrictive is the number of uh, people of pilots who can enter to the world championships right, so only right. two pilots uh, of uh, one um, competition class can be qualified uh, is qualified or nominated for the world championship so because we have such a small number of female pilots i think uh, it's um, a bit idealistic to believe that a lot of pilots will reach the top level. Mm -hmm. Well, of, yes, statistically, uh, it's a challenge. It, it, I, I completely understand where you're coming from on that. So the, when the women fly together and compete against each other, it, they'll be able to increase their flying skills and, and, and just grow the sport amongst. Yeah, um, what I preferred or I thought, uh, which is, uh, 
is a good idea when I started uh, flying in female competition um, um, that there you have the real um, chance, a real chance uh, to um, um, to compete uh, very successful and win the championship. And um, this is a very nice experience to win a mm -hmm. championship. But also you have uh, uh, the possibility to, um, yeah, for, uh, to lose the championship. And this belongs together. You have to be, uh, uh, the success mm -hmm. is always a very nice and motivating thing, but also you have to learn that you maybe have to be, um, that you have to accept um, yeah, a failure. Mm -hmm, of course. Um, and um, yeah, um, and then also in the female competition, you learn uh, to um, accept or you have to learn the, the feeling of concurrence. Mm -hmm. um, uh, which is not so uh, in when you when only one woman is uh, competing in a field of 50 pilots mm -hmm. it's um, so when you one day you uh, make a, a good uh, ranking and you fly on, on to the uh, top places maybe you are third or three uh, the third or second uh, in one competition day but um, then you feel great but um, it's um, more more often you right. uh, are in the middle field and yeah. uh, or or less and uh, I think uh, this is a difference um, in female gliding championship you really have the chance to win or uh, also to lose and mm -hmm. then um, this is an experience which all uh, in the sport everybody should <laughs> have the chance to experience this now, you were an active competition pilot a winning competition pilot for a long time i understand you've stopped flying contests but just listening to you speak i think you almost miss flying contests don't you mm, not nowadays <laughs> i stopped uh in 2000 um with international competition mm -hmm. and i had uh, then um some other uh, small competition regional in in germany but uh, i thought after 20 years um yeah, to compete and to compare and to have the feeling of um, yeah, you the, uh, it's um, it's uh, how can I say uh, it's a long time of um, be focused on on mm -hmm. competition so and you have to feel also the concurrent and you have right. to uh, you yeah no <laughs> so what what, it, what kind of flying are you doing nowadays yeah i am um, i fly for for my um, pleasure mm -hmm. <laughs> but i like to fly cross country yeah, yeah. and uh, yeah 
um, some time ago we had uh, at our airfield we have very good uh, skilled uh, competition pilots in our uh, club and they had a Grand Prix um, training camp mm -hmm. um, at our airfield and I was competing with them and uh, after a long time uh, not in a quasi competition uh, I thought oh it's working. It's still working <laughs> to fly with them in a, um, yeah, in in a gaggle. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but I don't like to fly in gaggles. Uh, I uh, and uh, I seek to try my own uh, way. Mm -hmm. Sometimes it works. Sometimes it's not a good idea <laughs> to fly alone. Gisela, what is it about gliding that that you love about the sport? What what attracts you to it? You've done it for yeah. so long. Why do you love the sport? Yeah, I uh, I had no um, uh, role model in in my uh, around me. No no family, no friends or so who did uh, aviation or flew in uh, in gliders or planes. So. Um, I had no idea of what it is, what is it about uh, gliding, but uh, what I um, I always as child already I um, was happy to be outdoors. Mm -hmm. I like to be outdoors in the nature and um, <laughs> climbing on trees and uh, playing with waves in the Baltic Sea and so on. I I was a sportive woman. But uh, and I like to try uh, different sports, and I think that was a good uh, disposition for to get involved in gliding. So uh, when I got the idea, um, no, when I had the opportunity to begin with um, to to uh, make some um, experience in gliding, so it really yeah took me or how can i say it uh, i found it very fascinating fascinating you, you, you fell I, in love I like, yeah 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 and I, uh, what i admire always is um clouds and the um, cloud images and i um to study uh, the clouds and to uh yeah, to um, to look and seek where the best lift, and uh, I like to steer my glider into uh, the best uh, updraft, and <laughs> uh, I had a good feeling for this, yeah. and I think I had also a good feeling um, on the track. Uh, where to go and uh, yeah um, this and uh, to fly cross country yeah. to uh, experience uh, new landscapes and new countries and um, to competition to talk to new other pilots and um, to, to ex, yeah, exchange ideas and so on that I found very, very nice and very attractive yeah. to, um, yeah, 
to you, be in competition and to be on to do gliding. You you make me want to go to the gliding club this afternoon. Ah, okay, <laughs> okay, yeah, yeah. Um, uh, sometimes uh, it's funny, but uh, we have um, uh, open door. I don't know whether you have an idea what it is. Open you, door. Yeah, open house. You invite the public. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. And uh, so I'm uh, all, uh, very often I'm uh, with the glider at the information uh, desk mm -hmm. and um, I invite young people to enter the glider and I try to explain what it is. And there are so often that young um, women or uh, boys, they come to our club and said, Gisela, you made me <laughs> enter this club because you were so enthusiastic about uh -huh. telling about gliding that I just want uh, to try this also. <laughs> and I think, yeah, that's a nice feeling. Gisela, it, it's been an absolute pleasure speaking with you and, and getting a better understanding of, of all the things you've experienced. And I thank you very much for your time. Harry, thank you very much for your interview and for your time. Thank you. Bye-bye. <laughs> yeah. Bye. That's it for episode number 28 of The Thermal. I will be back again in November with another show. In the meantime, I'm heading west to hopefully catch a wave flight or two over the Canadian Rockies at the annual Cowley Wave Camp. Thanks for centering The Thermal podcast. See you next time. I'm Harry Tenkate. Fly safe.